Hello and welcome to another episode of the SBK Betting Podcast. I'm Adam Bayliss, as ever, joined by Mr. Tom Collins and Mr. Ross Miller. Now, Jess Stafford was slated to join us today. Unfortunately, she's been taken ill, so we wish her the very, very best, you know, back in uh, in rude health for, for Christmas with lots of racing to come. As ever, TC, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm very good. Jess would have been a 101 to host this podcast, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure people think Alaho was a 101 to win the King George, but... Um, this Christmas period always throws up shocks. You're in the hot seat. I don't think Alaho wins either. Excellent. And Ross, we'll talk about the outfit shortly, but but how are you, my friend? I'm in, I'm in good order, thanks, Adam. Yeah, uh, two two kids under the age of 10, so Christmas festive spirit is uh, raring to go. Love it. Absolutely love to hear it. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna crack on and look at this weekend's racing. I mean, it's just it's the most unbelievable couple of weeks of of, of racing. I, I saw a. Um, a post going around on uh, on social media during the week of just like every race by race uh, on on Boxing Day. I'm I'm very much looking forward to, to dissecting that with with you guys on a, on a different on a different pod. But we've got the kind of the Moose Bush here first with the uh, the long walk hurdle. Um, have I pronounced that right? Moose Bush, Ross. I'll let you critique me. It sounds good to me, Adam. Go Excellent. with it. Yeah, we'll go with it. Uh, we've got the, the long walk hurdle at, at Ascot, um, and there's other bits and bobs going on at, at Haydock where there's a Tommy Whittle. And for TC, there's always some fantastic action on the on the all weather at, uh, at 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 Lingfield. Let's go first to Ascot then and talk about the long walk hurdle. Um, I'll pass over to you, Ross, to to take us through the race and and who you fancy. Well, uh, I think Crimbo or Crambo as he's as he's better known is probably the right favourite for all that he's probably got ten pound to find at the weights. You know, he didn't get a great a great passage through. Um, at Haydock in you know what they call the Stayers Championship, I, I refer to it still as the fixed brush. Um, I'm sorry to see Connor Brace lose the ride. I thought that was a shame. I think these young lads only learn by your mistakes. I certainly know when I was competing, I learned a lot more on the days where it didn't go wrong than the days it did go well. Um, so I think he is a, a promising horse, but he's short enough in the betting. As is West Balboa, really. She's she's won handicaps over this trip, but she's quite a free going there, and I just wonder whether. A proper gruel at Ascot is is what she wants. Um, and then you're into the old boys' brigade, aren't you? Which are great to see, Champ, Paisley Park, Dash or Drasher. I mean, they've been around forever and they've, they've contested these races between them. And they will set a standard. But whether they're quite, you know, where you want to be putting your money, I don't know. I mean, it, don't be wrong. If one of those wins, it'll be brilliant for me. I, I just love seeing them come out and do it. But as a betting proposition, they weren't for me. Crambo and West Balboa, I thought, were a bit short. So I've gone two each way. Just I think they're two bigger prices. So Red Risk is the first. Bryony Froster, I think she's back riding with a, with a real vengeance. Been brilliant the last couple of weeks. He was just a length behind uh, Botox Has at Weatherby in the Yorkshire hurdle. Okay, he was getting £4, but he got trapped quite wide on the bend. That probably didn't help his cause. And he was finishing best of all. So this stiffer track might well suit him. I still think he's unexposed as well. Botox has his 7-1. to one. He's 25-1. to one. Um, I just thought that was too big a disparity for a horse that is perhaps finding his feet now. And then the other one is, is Gal Road, who ran a mighty race uh, at Haydock, finished just behind Crambo, giving him a pound. So there wasn't much between them there. Crambo 11-4, to four, Gal Road 33-1. to one. He's got good course for me. He's only been to Ascot once and he won. He won convincingly. I think he blew up at uh, Haydock going to sort of the second last and then rallied again. Um, he was off for, for virtually, well, over a year. Um, 
if that race has brought him forward, I think he's got a great chance on this stiffer track in a race where, you know, it, it's hard to make a really strong case for one that you absolutely don't want to be against. So um, I'll take those two at each way prices. Okay, love it. And this is a, this is a potentially good segue, actually, just to give you a, a big shout out for your your winner in the December Gold Cup uh, last week, Ross, when Fugitive won. Obviously, Crambo in the same colours as uh, as Il Rodotto. Heartbreak for Jess there and myself. Actually, I was yeah, it was an incredibly frustrating moment on the on on the line. But you know, props to you, Ross. Fantastic. I, I gather you. Uh, that's pretty much paid for Christmas, hasn't it? Just, just, just about. Yeah, we we need to then pay for the new year, though, don't we? So uh, let's keep kicking. Yeah, absolutely. Right, TC. So uh, Ross is going with 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 Gal Road there, along along with um, with uh, Botox Hass. Where are your hard and ready's going? Yeah, well, I think uh, this division needs a new face. Um, I said it in the jumps uh, preview pod right at the start of the campaign, and all of these veterans just aren't for me this time of year in these kind of races i want to be looking for that new face and there are a few new faces in this race gal road being one that ross has touched on and i'm not against that idea he's a good each way price but i just find it hard to make the case that he's going to win the race and when i punt i rarely punt each way and if i do it's a horse that i think is way overpriced but can also win and with gal road i think you're probably fighting for second or third in here west balboa could be the new face on the block but she's unproven at this level. She's only had six starts. She's not Roxana yet. I think people are really putting her into the mould of Roxana. She's good horse. She's proven on flat tracks. But should she be favourite for the long walk? Probably not. And therefore, I have to go against her. Maybe you could say the same thing about Crambo. However, I have a stance that he's way better than his official rating of 142 suggests. Actually, if you use official ratings as legit in here, he's the second worst horse in the race. But that's just not true whatsoever. He's open to so much improvement. Only had one start over three miles. That came at Haydock in the race that Ross was talking about. He wasn't given the best ride. Look, I'm also sad that Connor Brace has lost the ride, but it wasn't good last day, and they've quite clearly decided to, to switch to a more experienced pilot. Johnny Burke takes over, and I just think Crambo's criminally underrated, much like most of Fergal O'Brien's horses. O'Brien's horses, by the way, running out of their skin of late, so that has to be taken as note. Crambo, prior to uh, last time out, where he ran very eye-catchingly to stay on in the closing stages, won the EBF final last year. Very good display that day. He came back and really impressed me on his comeback at Aintree as well, winning with a lot more in hand than the actual winning margin suggests. And I just think he's, he could be the new star in this division. Now, the key word is could. Are you getting value based on potential? Probably not. But at the same time, I think he's the most logical and likely winner of this race. Yeah, twenty-eight percent strike rate for Fergal O'Brien in the last uh, the last fourteen days. Obviously, it's got a phenomenal um, army of horses to go to war with this this season. And you make a good point. TC is often overlooked in the market. Seventy-two potentially could be could be pretty generous here for a horse that looks well on the upgrade. Um, can I get a line from you both on on Paisley Park, please? Thirteen to two at present. Uh, he's too, he's too short, really, but. He would be just brilliant to see him back. He's what a horse he's been, and and to keep these old horses, particularly stayers, where they have to go through the to the well more than uh, often. Um, I think it's been a brilliant training performance to to keep him at this level for this long. So yeah, my heart would be with him, but uh, not my pocket. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. He's going to run to a mark of around one five five. Probably he'll be outpaced at a certain part of the race, and that'll probably be his undoing. Look, I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed on for second or third, but to see him win would be. A bit of a shock for me. Champ of any interest goes well fresh. Had a wind up. 
coming off the layoff, you've always got to factor in champ. But at the same time, he's an 11-year-old now. I don't know. First time out off the wind up isn't that angle I like. I prefer second time up. Um, I know he goes well fresh and people are going to expect him to run well. But for me, uh, champ is a horse I am opposing. Yes, same. I just think that, that if you're giving them wind ups at that age, you, you might just be slightly sort of firing in the dark, I think. Yeah, fine, fine. Okay, excellent. Now, I gather there's probably a, a, a nap and a next best from uh, from Ascot from, from UTC and potentially for you as well, Ross? Uh, nap from Haydock, next best from Ascot, yeah. Okay, fine. We'll, we'll leave those to the side. Anything else from Ascot and then we'll ha perhaps have a look at, at Haydock? No, nothing for me. Okay. Hey, Doc. Ross, do you want to take us away? The Tommy Whittle there, obviously, headlines proceedings. Yeah, so uh, didn't quite make my, my nap and next best, but I thought Encarde was was really interesting. He ran really well at Warwick on his on his return. He's dropped right down the weights. He's had three wind ops, I think, in about eight runs. The first two obviously hadn't done much for him, but this last one seems to have done the trick. He loves Hey, Doc. He loves the long straight there. He loves soft ground. He's down to a very attractive mark. The only thing that sort of stopped him making the nap or next best was just, I did think he was just a touch short. I was hoping he might be more of an each way price, but I think he's a really interesting horse in, in the Tommy Whittle. And then also up there, uh, 12.55, Alfie's Princess for Sam Thomas, a mare I really like. She just looks like a relentless galloper. Her display at uh, Chepster at the start of the season was amazing. The ground was desperate. She was far too free for most of the race. Still one pulling a cart. Went and backed that up at uh, Exeter next time. I think she's a really smart mare for Sam Thomas. She goes in the 12.55. And then Bois-Gillembert in the 2.05. Um, the only concern with him is, is Jaguar is, is double entered. He's declared to run tomorrow at Ascot. I just wonder if the ground there got a bit uh, quicker than they might want. Jaguar might come out from Ascot tomorrow and then run here instead. And that would put me off Bois-Gillembert. But if Jaguar runs tomorrow... Bois-Gillembert in the 205 on Saturday um, for Lucinda Russell. I think he's a smart horse. He ran place behind Blook and Daru at Cheltenham earlier this season. Blook and Daru has obviously gone on and won that good race at Ascot. I think that form looks decent and he's and he's quite nicely handicapped. Yeah, I'd have to give you a, a real real shout for that Alfie's Princess, Ross. I like that as well. That run at Exeter um, in the novice really impressed me last time, beating Harry Fry's Queen Annie, who I, I think they think quite a lot of, actually. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed that she can go on and... And, and win again, rack up a hat trick there on uh, on Saturday in the twelve fifty five at, at Haydock in that that listed novices hurdle. TC, anything for you at Haydock? Nothing at Haydock. I've got one potentially at Lingfield, which is for Vanco in the three ten, drawn inside and still one back to a nice mark. Uh, George Rook rides, but look, I don't think Saturday's racing aside from Ascot's overly good. Um, Haydock is just not a place I like to bet anyway, um, and I just thought the card there was pretty tough. Okay, all good. Let's move on to Naps and Next Best then, TC. Do you want to take us away? Sure, yes. Uh, both the Nap and Next Best are at Ascot this week, as I said. Uh, my Nap is going to be wrapped up in May in the 1240 at Ascot. This five-year-old was one of Paul Nichols' best bumper performance last year, winning his first two starts at prohibitive odds and then being beaten by a stable companion who was considered to be his leading light in the division. Um, he's come back out this season. And he's run twice over hurdles. He's been beaten at short prices on both occasions. Arguably, no excuses either time. Um, he travelled nicely in both races, was ridden forward, and then was just overhauled late. They came over two miles six and a half and two mile five and a half. Now he steps back up to two miles seven and a half, which I think is going to suit. This horse has always been a stayer in the making. 
And actually a mark of 118 seems pretty fair uh, given the RPRs he's achieved so far. It's worth noting this is his handicap debut and it's a pretty weak race aside from one runner from the Harry Derham uh, yard. Now, the horse he was beaten by last time, trained by Dan Skelton, subsequently come out and won a grade two at Sandown, now rated 135 and looks a much um, stronger horse now than he did when he beat Wrapped Up in May. So the form has been franked. This is a much easier opportunity. I think Wrapped Up in May is almost a good thing in the 1240 at Ascot. And the next best is going to be Iberico Lord in the 335 at Ascot. A horse I put up right at the start of the year in the Jumps preview podcast as one to follow over two and a half miles. I said that day he would win the Greatwood. He won the Greatwood. Um, but they stick into the trip, which is interesting, the two miles. Um, he's only got eight, eight pounds, which I think is pretty fair, given how well he won that affair at Cheltenham. This kind of ground suits him. I think a flat track is perfectly fine as well. And albeit he's not going to get the same kind of gallop in the early stages, the quick pace that he needs to run at, I think this race lacks the depth that the Greatwood did. Um, and that being said, he's going to improve over further, but I think he can still shine over this uh, distance in this kind of grade right now. So Iberico Lord in the 335 at Ascot is the next best. It's a really, really nice little race that actually, isn't it? I mean, I was very impressed with Iberico Lord last time, but I mean, who knows what this this Willie Mullins run that's only a matter of time's got. I mean, obviously... Um, uh, didn't do anything in the in the in the in the in the Greatwood, um, but there's lots of other sort of lurking in in there, isn't there? I mean, Lucia promised promised so much, perhaps has disappointed a bit. Imposed Toir Hansard. I mean, yeah, it looks a really really nice little race actually. Yeah, I think Hansard. If there is one danger to Iberico Lord, it's probably Hansard. He just needs to sharpen up his jumping, but he kind of did that last time uh, on a seasonal reappearance when he was beaten by Rubo in a race that we covered. Um, he wasn't great over his hurdles. If he can get more professional and jump properly, then 142 could be a nice mark for him. Regarding only a matter of time, the, the Mullins horse, he's a bit of a rogue. I know Ross agrees with me on that. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, there was, I mean, there was lots of talk about sort of, you know, should Danny Mullins have done better? When horses do that, there is nothing you can do. And, and it, it, it's dirty. You know, it's a horse that's looking to find a way out. Um, and if they're doing that through the race, I would question what what's he going to do c- come the finish. You know, is he is he really going to want to turn it all in? Because to me, it looks like he's not got his mind on the job at all. Fascinating. Well, I mean, that's that's yeah. And the betting says the same, right? That's out to thirteen to thirteen to two now, and Iberico Lord well supported into into three to one. So let's see if they can get get the job done for TC. Um, Ross Napper next best, please, sir. So so Nap is from Haydock, and it was a, a winning Nap previously. So it comes in 240, it's real stone. One pulling a sleigh last time, um, over course and distance. Gets heavy ground, which is absolutely essential to him. He went up eight pound, which in a season where the handicapper is lumping out 10 pound upwards on a, on a regular basis, for the win, eight pound wasn't all that much. There's a potential that the race perhaps fell apart behind him, but I just take the view that on testing ground, he was just far too good for them, and, and, he, and he broke them very early in the race. He had it had it won coming into the home straight, and your only nerves then is that Harry Scalton didn't go and do something daft over the fence in front of him. Tristan Doyle takes over and takes five pound off, and the usual line is X takes a very valuable five pound off. He takes five pound off. I'm not sold that over fences he's value for five pound. Um, just for me can can do a little bit better but it is what it is I love the horse I would have been happy if they'd actually just run him off eight pound higher um, but he's got another small field doesn't look to have an awful lot of contest for the pace which 
you know, should suit him. And I, I just think he'll repeat the thing again. I think he'll just get them all at it far too early and, and should sluice home again, hopefully. And then the next best comes down at Ascot in the 150. Again, a horse I followed this year, triple trade. He ran really well at Cheltenham in November. Um, the horse that was in front and, and perhaps going best of all came down at the last. Haddock Sazobo ran really well in the Tingle Creek. In Excelso, Dio finished just behind uh, Triple Trade, who finished second on that occasion. Excelso Dio was in third. He ran well enough at Cheltenham last weekend. Uh, Triple Trade then went back to Cheltenham in December, and Julie got the job done up a pound and, and, and won very nicely. He's a very strong stayer over that two-mile trip. They backed him up just eight days later in the valuable handicap at Ascot, £100,000 handicap. Again, he ran really well. Just weakening the closing stage, and I wonder whether that was just because the edge had been slightly taken off him with the, the run just a week before. But again, big run. He's off the same mark now of one three five. He goes up in trip, and I think that's going to find more improvement. To me, he's been winning in spite of the trip, not because of the trip. Joe Tizard is a little bit quiet. That's the one concern. But they've not been running abysmally. They've just not been having the winners. Two mile three, off a mark of one three five. I think uh, Triple Trey's got a great chance in the one fifty. Yeah, must hold a, a, a fabulous chance there. I mean, seven go to post, and it, it's a field of pretty rogue jumpers here. Lot, a lot of pulled up last time. Captain Mathan, probably the, the main danger there, Ross. Yeah, I, I thought they just looked very exposed, and he was the only horse that still appears to be on an upward trajectory, really. Excellent. Okay, thank you both for your for your best bets of the weekend. Hopefully they can provide festive joy ahead of, uh, of a Boxing Day extravaganza for all listeners. Bit of housekeeping for everyone. As always, new SBK customers can get £30 in free bets when you place your first £10 bet. TNCs do apply at 18+. plus. Right. Thank you both. Any last uh, wishes for this weekend ahead of a, a, a really, really busy Christmas period? Yeah, if the local Lidl could start stocking mince pies, that would just wrap up my weekend nicely. It's a pretty lonely Christmas in France with no mince pies to be found. What is the what's the French alternative to a mince pie, Ross? Is there is there anything? They they love their pastries, but uh, they do love throwing almond at everything, and I'm not a big fan of the old almonds. So uh, yeah, it's a right. it's a, a Christmas where I don't pile on the pounds as much as I did back in the UK. <laughs> and TC, what's Frankie and Sorry left under the Christmas tree for you? Well, God knows what Frankie Dottori is doing right now. Um, lots of random things is the answer to that one. Um, no, my, my biggest wish, uh, aside from the racing on Saturday, is that Gerwin Price wins the Darts World Championship. That's a little uh, side bet for you all. Um, Luke Littler was fantastic yesterday. We're recording this on Thursday. Did you guys watch that? 16. I, I can't believe that that guy is 16. I just, I'm not having that under any circumstances. 40 yeah, with three not- kids. It, it, it reminded me of that great scene from uh, brilliant film Bad Boys where they question how old... Uh, Reggie is when he knocks on the door to go out with the daughter. So uh, yeah, I'd be I'd be stunned if he was sixteen. Uh, well, we did listen. We we love we love the darts regardless, and that's a, that's a little side side uh, wager for everyone over the, the festive period. Right, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, in a couple of days' time with a look ahead to all of the festive racing action. Best of luck this weekend. 